Dale, Chamberlain of All Ages, and Walter Payne Radio presents the greatest podcast in the world, the Marketech Samuel Plan, the Devil's Advocate Shinobi, the Lunatic King Maverick, and single syllable mother, the right side of the pond. And of course, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Sup, Lords of Pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. And of course, as is tradition, we will be doing our New Year predictions. I think probably the most the most fun show of the year. Um, other than the one that ends it in the duckies, of course, which was which was last week's show. So um, we've got, first of all, um, last year's predictions to sort of rake over. Uh, as always, there's a couple of crazy hits and a couple of wild misses. And, uh, and then we'll have some new predictions for you. We'll go around the horn a couple of times and, uh, and then we'll finish off maybe with some quick fire ones. Um, so I think there's nothing to do but to jump into it, really. So um, I think it's fair to say that that uh, 2018 was a year with quite a lot of unpredictable stuff um, going on, uh, to say the least. Um, you know, it's notable, for example, that none of us predicted Ronda Rousey showing up. Uh, none of us, uh, none of us look, sort of uh, predicted um, these kind of Saudi pay-per-views, pay-per-views slash house shows. Um, and of course, there's uh, plenty of other... Um, random stuff that went on not least daniel bryan's in-ring return um but yeah let's let's have a look at some hits first so matt you got a really good one straight off the bat last year so you said that daniel bryan would end the year as a wwe employee yeah radical it doesn't sound particularly uh particularly out there now does it but you know at the time start of the year there was a lot of uh, it, it was the point where there were a lot of rumours circulating that, you know, he's been cleared by lots of doctors. Uh, WWE still weren't clearing him and a lot of talk that he was letting his contract run down and then would head off. And, you know, the funny thing in thing is, even after he was cleared, there was still some talk following, uh, let's say, not best booking that he had uh, upon his return. But thankfully, um, it it all it all it all ended well in the end you know it's been a been a strange old year for brian to think that at the start of the year he was one of the most popular acts ever that people desperately wanted to see again and all the talk was you know whether he would wrestle again and whether he would wrestle in wwe again and here we are he's uh totally nailed a heel persona at the end of the year and is wwe champion you know <laughs> that i don't think anyone <laughs> it's mad isn't it i mean i listened back to last year's show earlier on and um and we had a fairly long discussion about it and you know we talked about uh, well if he did go off to another promotion like you know would we, wanna, would we actually want to you know want to watch him or not um you know and we we basically sort of uh came to the conclusion that probably wwe would keep him around like they did Rey mysterio and just not let him go because they wouldn't want him to be like a a valuable commodity to somebody else but as it turns out not only did they clear him he had a match at wrestlemania he um he wrestled the miz finally which everyone had been waiting for ever since that talking smack thing and then of course as you say matt he ends the year as WWE champion so it's 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 a crazy turnaround but yeah you got that one spot on um so uh, i also got something i think i got this one right 
Um, I mean, the, you know, I don't recall um, that this didn't happen. So I said that John Cena wouldn't appear on a weekly TV show, be it you know, Raw or SmackDown, uh, from the post-Mania Raw all the way to SummerSlam. And I think at the time I was kind of of the mind that he'll probably work SummerSlam, but he might not actually promote it. Um, and in the end, it didn't even it didn't even work SummerSlam. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think he was even on SummerSlam. No, it? so um, I th- I think unless unless somebody at home uh, can correct us, I think I got that one right. Are we waiting for someone at home to correct us? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to you. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not a live show, is it? But but yeah, if I was you know if if he did randomly appear on one that we've just forgotten, then uh, then let us know by all means. But uh, no, I think come up got that one right um okay um what else did we have plan you had a, a half point um yes. you said that brock lesnar would re-sign with the company but that it would be seth rollins that was his victim at, at wrestlemania and of course as we know it was uh, the, the sort of Ro- uh, roman reigns groundhog day experience um <laughs> it's always this year Mm, quite, 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 po- <laughs> quite possibly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got the wrong shield member, but otherwise you were spot on. Um, okay, so um, let's have a look at some of the ones we got horribly wrong. Um, so, <laughs> plan. You said that Mojo Rawley uh, would main event a SmackDown pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, at this point, I'm pretty sure that Seth listens to our podcast, and that was just a dig at plan that that he had on Raw, as well as a dig at (laughs) Mojo Rawley, of all people. I mean, what was Mojo Rawley? I mean, I know they've gone for this kind of reality era thing where, like, the ratings are down and stuff like that, and Seth saying, like, carried the show. Like, I kind of get it, but also, if you're Mojo Rawley, he must be, like, wincing in the back as he says that. Um, well, I mean, in my defence at the time, it would it had only been it was like less than two months since Jinder Mahal was WWE champion and had been WWE champion for the majority of like the preceding year, you know. And in lest we forget, Jinder was in the final two of a of a uh, Andre Battle Royal with with uh, Mojo that Mojo won. Mojo had just split up with uh, like uh, Zach Ryder yeah. and was getting like his little singles push and stuff. So. It sounds batshit insane now, uh, and thank God that <laughs> thank God that it was catastrophically wrong. Um, but you know, at the time, I mean, you you were in an env- you were just coming out of an environment where a jobber had been <laughs> WWE cha- Chinder Mahal as WWE champion, man. I mean, it's just bizarre. Uh, and I think one of you guys even predicted that that experiment wasn't over yet. Either, yeah, that so. was that was my swig and a miss. I said the Chinder experiment uh, wasn't over. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, let's lest we forget as well, at the time that we did the predictions last year, there, there wasn't even talk of them. We weren't even aware they were going back to dual-branded pay-per-views later in the year. I think that came came to light maybe around fast lane time. Uh, so, you know... Yeah, that's that's the reason why it didn't happen. <laughs> listen, if, if they'd have stayed with, with brand exclusivity, I still think that, that it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility. The mood that they were in... Again, Jinder Mahal was WWE champion for six months. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually your logic at the time um, was entirely sound. These Twitter promos that for some reason people liked. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not, it's, it, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't the most crazy thing anyone said on this show, goodness knows. Um, 
Matt, I forgot to say that you were actually two for two last year. You said there'd be no more than three Universal Champions. And of course, there were only two. Vacant counts. Uh, yeah. Two Universal Champions in an age where we get like 16 pay per views a year. Uh, crazy. Well, we got less than that, thankfully, this time around. And, and, and five hours of TV a week. Yeah, well, a lot more than that, really. Um, all right, so we then went into some insane predictions. Um, now, Maz, I don't think this is the most insane thing, actually. I think you just do a year early. Um, you said there'd be the first ever women's war games match, which would be the four horse women versus the four horse women. Um, I, I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. Um, although it wouldn't take place in NXT, obviously, which is where they do the war games thing. So you need to work around that a bit, but. Uh, there, there are ways around that, aren't there? Yeah, involved. I think they're 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 clearly, you know, having brought uh, Duke and what's the other one? Who cares? The other one that's that's not Duke or Basil. They put the three together in NXT, haven't they? So, um, uh, I I would imagine that you know they won't be able to resist that storyline at some point. Will they? Particularly how big Becky's getting. Um, I wonder. I wonder if that could, that that you know, uh, the fact that it's NXT and you know you could arguably do that at Evolution if they did that again without actually messing about true. with brands and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Very that's true. true. I mean, always got Survivor Series written all over it potentially, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it could it could end up being at both. So they're not that far apart from one another, are they? No, I mean that would be a. That would be a fantastic Survivor Series main event, I think. Providing, uh, of course, the MMA girls can sort of learn to work in that time, of course. Um, not Basler, of course, who's fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, what else do we have for insane ones? We also had a um, uh, plan with um, uh, Vince McMahon reprising his sort mm. of... Um, buying of WCW live on television uh, with the XFL and the NFL. Um, uh, unlikely. Maybe a bit too insane, that one. And then I went with... What was my insane one? I went with Sasha Banks would be released. Which, you know, wasn't maybe that insane at the time as she kind of retired Paige and stuff. Um, okay, so I think it's time... Um, we jumped into this year's predictions. Um, so we're going to go around uh, a couple of normal ones each, uh, an insane one each, and then we'll do some quick ones. We've also got some write-ins uh, from some of our <laughs> LOP brethren, which we'll have a quick chat about as well. Um, uh, Sam and, and Imp in particular have, uh, well, let's just say they're tempting fate a little. Um, all right. So who wants to kick us off? Sure, I'll go. Go on, Matt. I'm going to go with, and this is one of those where I'm crossing my fingers and hopeful more than anything else, that WWE's recent change will see um, a shift at WrestleMania. I will say that of the top three matches, there'll be only one part-timer involved. Wow. Bold. That is bold. That's quite bold, yeah. Is that, is that, that's actually the insane one, isn't it? I've started off, <laughs> started off with the crazy one. <laughs> you know, but you know what's funny is if if we did, you know if we did like prediction shows 
it in the middle of the year or whatever, I would I would have probably uh, said that that was quite a, a sensible one to me. But then they had Triple H and The Undertaker headline like two super shows. I know they were like international mega house show type things. Um, but it's 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 weird that it's weird that this last year they seem to have you know after the Royal Rumble that was so self consciously about you know the old timers and the new guys and the new guys winning out and then you know you had WrestleMania where Roman was supposed to beat Brock and that didn't happen and then it's like through the year it, at SummerSlam you know Roman did beat Brock and the night after it was refocused on all the contemporary talent and then you got Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement it's like the part time thing got got worse than it had ever been before so um and then of course they've just done this they've just done this uh this new faces and new what's it but as you said on facebook earlier maz uh it feels like you know they're saying one thing and then doing another because they're bringing back Cena and the mcmahons and everybody yeah i mean that that's it, it, it it's it, it seems very much on a knife edge my my logic behind this is i reckon you know, they saw the state of those matches, and I reckon they're a bit. Oh, I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that you know the way things are shaping up this year. You know, I think, you know, one of the big matches is is going to be the ladies this year, and that's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be with. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I think the 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 one who who I'm accounting for is Brock Lesnar. And I think and hope that he's going to be dropping it to one of the uh, full-timers. And, you know, I'm basing it off Daniel Bryan wrestling someone. I, there will be, I'm not, I'm not saying Brock Lesnar will be the only part-timer wrestling on the show. I just get yeah. the feeling that they'll make the bigger match. There'll probably be a, a Shane something or, you know, Cena something or, or well, something along Sh- those lines. Shane and Miz is looking likely, isn't it? But I, I think... Oh. I get the feeling it will be it will be under. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't that... be surprised if we don't see if we don't see Undertaker back this year. I wouldn't be surprised if you know. I, I think Sean realised that that was just stupid. He should never ever do that again. Hopefully. Um, yeah. And you know, short of the Rock coming back, there's you know not really much for Triple H there. It doesn't seem at the moment. It just. Well, I don't he's, know, he's injured but... anyway, isn't he? I think I don't know. Oh, I yeah, don't didn't, know he, what the... didn't he like oh, yeah, destroy his quad again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's his pec, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he couldn't use his arm properly that whole match with Undertaker in, in the tag match. Um, so that's, that's why um, Arthur those moves look as bad as they are. Well, not the only reason, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because well, there, there were rumours of, of them doing Triple H and Batista, weren't there? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I think all of Triple H and Batista would want to see, and nobody else. In fact, well, there was also, Triple H wants to see it. There was also the, the Batista Dean Ambrose uh, uh, rumor as well. Uh, but I, I think if you actually look at the part timers they have available, there actually aren't that many of them. Um, it doesn't look as if Cena's going to be around. Um, Undertaker, I mean, we hope uh, that's it now. Michaels, I think that was very much a one off because. You know, yeah, and his curiosity got the better of him. I think, where can I still do this? Answer: No. Um, he made some bad investments and didn't want to work for JBL again. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> he, could, he, he can't be blamed for that, could he? I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to know who Michaels' financial advisor was. To be fair, um, Ted DiBiase. Maybe, maybe. So actually, they'd, you know, looking at Batista is probably out of out of reach. Um, I mean. 
when when you saw Batista celebrate his fiftieth birthday the other day, it kind of made you think, mm, yeah, no. Batista's fifty. Or talking about his fiftieth birthday. Yeah, yeah, because he was basically Triple H's age when he came into the company, right? Yeah, he yeah, started no, he very was... late. He started yeah, he was late, yeah. Starter, wasn't he? yeah. So that's why they pushed him so quickly, really. It was kind of like now on earth. Um, I mean, to be fair, I've always said that I would rather have sat and watched a Batista match than a Cena match any day of the week. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I think, I think you know, when you look at their um, their options, I mean, it's pretty much Lesnar, uh, Shane. Um, and I think, yeah, so you might have something there, Matt, you know. You might have something I guess, there. I guess the, the biggest danger... Of- for it not to come true is if they lose their mind with the Undertaker and decide to have him in a big match, which you would hope isn't going to happen after, like you say, Maz, if they've seen the state of those matches in in Saudi Arabia and Australia, uh, and you'd yeah. have to be willfully blind not to accept that those matches weren't of a good enough quality. Um, the the other danger, I guess, is Cena. I know he's kind of basically lost all interest at this point, but uh, I get the impression that if they asked him to, he would he would probably out of loyalty. He would. Just... Was that me? I don't know, it was someone. Um, I I thought it was you. uh, Unless it's your ring, you know. I I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Cena on the card, but I think he'll find himself in in a mid-card slot in a little featured, you know, 10-minute match in the middle. One can but hope. Yeah, he can bury someone, hopefully, that um, deserves it. Cena versus Mojo Rawley. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well maybe maybe um yeah so i think you might have something there i mean like we certainly you'd like to think that this new era stuff isn't just a slogan you know that you know there, there has been some promising developments i think you know like we were talking about this earlier on i think the end of the rematch clause is a good thing i think all these different ways of setting up challenges of the month for dean ambrose have been excellent you know he's had tyler breeze he's had um apollo cruz like I think more of that, absolutely, I applaud that. Um, you know, they've had the title change um, on SmackDown with um, Rusev winning the US title off Nakamura, who hadn't been doing very much with it. So, yeah, I, I think, I think you know, there's some positive signs. You know, they're starting to sort the tag stuff out again. You know, they've put, like, uh, Gable and Rouge with the titles and, you know, they're kind of starting to build up revival a little bit, arguably. So, you know, they might... By the, by the, by the way, Gable and Rouge have turned into an excellent team, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you yeah, know, two talented guys, isn't it? I um, love their, I love their uh, neckbreaker moonsault tag finisher. Oh, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, so I think there's some promising stuff there. So if they deliver a WrestleMania, you know, based on the talent that they have... Um, then I think, well, we'll all be a lot happier, won't we? And I think it would restore a lot of people's faith to to a certain degree as well. And I think they must realise now, because they wouldn't have been going out of their way to, to sort of make such a fuss on War and Smackdown about um, saying sorry if they didn't realise that they were in danger of losing people. And it's and you, when you when you start yeah and when you start looking at you know like the Triple H Seth segment on Raw this week and then there's a similar thing going off on SmackDown with you know Vince and AJ um, and in the obviously in the news at the minute there's the uh, news that Cody and the Young Bucks are setting up their own little promotion which is not going to be a threat to WWE anytime soon but you know they've they've got to be aware that there are. Uh, you know, NJPW's gathering steam still. So there's 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 options out there for the fans, and rate their ratings are at an all time low. You would like to think that they're, 
you know, NXT TakeOver getting more views than Survivor Series. There's more than enough signs that maybe this time they are finally becoming a bit more self-aware about the, the, the environment and doing something about it. And the, like you say, Matt, the early signs, you know, Ambrose, Tyler Breeze getting TV time for the first time, God knows how, how long, Apollo Crews the same. You know, the focus on Seth and AJ on the two shows. Um, I mean, I know focus on AJ is nothing new on SmackDown, but still. Um, I, yeah, I, op, cautiously optimistic about Maz's prediction there, I think. Yeah, me too, me too. So, um, let's can I go next? Yes. I've got one that kind of bounces off that. Exactly. Um, I, was gonna, I, was about to, I was about to invite you, so uh, go oh, ahead. Um, it's equally as bold, if not a little bolder, and I, I kind of thought about making this my insane prediction, and then I sort of sat there and started to think about it. <clears throat> and I guess it depends on whether Mazas comes true or not. But if Mazas does come true, then I think this one becomes a bit more likely. <clears throat> Which is, I'm going to very boldly predict, and I think I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to predict that Mustafa Ali will wrestle for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Ooh. And I'll tell you why. Because I was sat thinking about the SmackDown roster... And I was sat thinking about Ali pinning Brian a couple of weeks ago and it really not coming to anything. And then I was thinking about AJ getting the title shot at the Royal Rumble. And then I was thinking about the whole new faces, new angles thing. <clears throat> and then I was thinking about the kind of image that it, that, it, that it gives WWE. And everything to me, you know, I mean, it could be sort of... Um, like I say, I, I'm totally aware this is a very bold prediction. The chances are it's not going to come true. But, uh, you know, the idea of Ali having pinned Daniel Bryan hasn't been capitalized on, which is very unusual for WWE, who have historically loved the whole, he's pinned the champion, so he gets a title shot routine. Um, Ali, obviously, is uh, kind of... Um, in the real world, a bit of a social crusader, very, very nobly so, and very in a very inspiring fashion. And for WWE to put uh, someone of his of his background um, sort of in a big spot at that big event, you know, you think about what they did this last year with Finn coming out in the rainbow gear, and you know, Alistair Black posting stuff on on Instagram about his battles with depression and, and mental health awareness and stuff. So last year they showed a very sort of um, quite unexpected at the time uh, sort of. Uh, awareness of, you know, being able to uh, sort of uh, present social messages and whatnot on their on their biggest show of the year, um, and and Ali wrestling for a, a major title uh, on on WrestleMania's card would do that. Um, you know, it. I don't know. I feel like maybe they've they've held back on giving him a title shot this this soon so they could build up to something like that. The fact that they've moved him to SmackDown Live and Brian requested to work with him shows that he's turned heads. Uh, internally in in the company, it's a good look for the company to put him there. You know, his his track record in the ring speaks for itself. This last year, um, so it's it's a bold prediction. But then you start to think, well, if it's you know who else is Daniel Bryan? If he's the champion going into WrestleMania, and appreciating there's no guarantee he will be, but let's presume, given the hot streak that he's already on at the minute, that he will be the WWE champion going into WrestleMania as a heel. You know, who else is there for him to wrestle? He's wrestled AJ four times like your other options like Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio, and they don't exactly fit with the whole new faces image that they're trying to go for at the minute. So it kind of all depends on if Maz's prediction of there only being one part-time in those big matches comes true. It kind of 
depends on how serious WWE are about the message they're putting forwards. I don't think they revisit a babyface Miz. Um, and I don't think they'd be doing all this stuff with Shane if that wasn't leading any, anywhere. And I don't think they revisit the Miz Bryan feud this soon anyway. So it's kind of like, what are their other options? And then, you know, are there any other options that would be as compelling as Mustafa Ali in that position? And you kind of go, well, actually, not really. So, so I think, you know, yes, it's bold, but I think, you know, I'm happy to do it as one of my normal ones because it feels like it's, it's too possible for it to be an insane prediction. And that's quite exciting. You know, when you, when you, when you said it at first, I was like, that's mental, but you know, I was having this conversation the other day on Facebook with, um, with our buddy Caleb. Um, it's there's no one for the you know if Brian does go into Mania as champion, there's no obvious opponent for him or no even highly logical opponent for him when you think about it. As you've just said, you know, who is it? There's there's no one on SmackDown that makes sense, you know. And in terms of that, why not Ali? You well, know, my gut well, tells me, you know, I I, I think. A lot of the things you said were right, and I think it might turn out that that becomes a you know February program for Brian. Yes, yeah. And, I, I and w- still think that's probably more likely, but you know I I, I do like that 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 prediction. You know, it, it's a good one. It's 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 an out there one that does have a good chance. I think the biggest threat is whether or not they use Cena to fill that slot instead, which they very well could do. Um, so yeah. yeah. Which is why you I know, said it kind of depends on how true yours proves to be. I think yeah, I think it goes without saying that I would absolutely love it to happen. In fact, it was my um, Christmas wish on uh, Skittles' yearly... Um, yeah, Christmas wish. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> wishes column, absolutely, yeah, with, with all of the, you know, LOPCF folk uh, contributing, and that was my one, that he would be in a prominent position and wrestle for world titles, you know, and stick the landing essentially. Um, and I said, I can't remember it was, I think it was last summer that, that I really, really felt that if he got an opportunity on one of the two main TV shows that he would really run with it. And I think he had the potential to build up a kind of Brian-esque fo- uh, following. I think my instinct is it's just a little early. I think I'd like to see him get like a really kind of long, build up in the mid card, have him wrestle, you know, Rusev and Nakamura and stuff in the in the mid card and, and really build him up for it in an old school way. I think I'd probably uh, and then sort of look at WrestleMania, what would that be, thirty six? Good God. Well, this is <laughs> but, uh, like it's, 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 it's tempting to agree with you, but then you think, well, first of all, there's four months still till WrestleMania anyway, including three pay per views between here and there, because they're doing an elimination chamber and fast lane again, even though they're both cult dual branded. Um, kind of spells trouble for whoever wins the Royal Rumble I think given how historically they struggle to find something for them to do But um, and the other thing is like you know he's hot right now people t- are talking about him right now you know the fact that he's had this incredible year on 205 Live where he was chasing the Cruiserweight Championship for so long without getting, the- getting there um, and he's just made this big move to Smackdown Live like to me uh, you know as much as I enjoy that traditional chase like you say Mav I think this is a case of striking when the iron's hot if you're going to do it and I think particularly given the composition of SmackDown Live at the minute, where there is no obvious candidate to be wrestling Brian in that spot. Um, and in fact, I would go as so far as to say that if there was, Mustafa Ali would be the obvious candidate, just in terms of the way that the two characters 
have interacted thus far in the history of the two characters. There was a piece of artwork that a fan had done that got retweeted by Ali that was playing on, you know, Brian telling Ali that he didn't belong in SmackDown the same way the authority used to tell Brian he didn't belong at the top, you know. So there's there's some natural narrative and story there as well. I think if, if you're going to, if, if, if it were to ever happen, then it's one of those situations where the circumstances have to be just right and it feels like the circumstances are just right right now. There's change. There's a sense of change in the air. There's a sense of wanting to see WWE do something daring and commit to new guys and, and commit to new programs and, you know, shake off those bad habits. And I can't think of, of many gestures that would indicate that more than than Ali wrestling for the... Because lest, lest we forget as well, we're living in an age where the WWE title match isn't even necessarily guaranteed to be one of the biggest matches on the card and they don't feel the obligation to make it no matter how much we, we might want them to. So that in turn might make them feel a bit braver and, and go for a risk like that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, on, on the other side of things, you're probably then looking at him winning the Elimination Chamber because I think the Rumble's true. probably a stretch. Yeah, true. Unless, But, but that could be fun. That I could mean, be very it, funny indeed. It could, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it doesn't even have to be that straightforward. Like, how many times have they gone absolutely crazy with the shenanigans around this time of year? with Elimination Chamber and stuff, especially in years past. You know, yeah. there's all kinds of gymnastics they can do to get him in that in that spot. I, I still think I still think that the best option for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania is for WWE to re-sign Sean Stasiak and have Daniel Bryan versus me as the main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, like I say, I, I think I'd really enjoy um, seeing it. My, my instinct is that they won't be quite that bold. Um but but I would uh, I would I would love to see it if it was uh, if it was true. Um, all right, so on to uh, my first prediction. Um, so I'm going to go with this: um, Shayna Baszler will turn on Ronda Rousey and win the resulting feud. So in 2019. In 2019, yeah. So she'll be coming to the main roster maybe after WrestleMania. Um, and she will form some sort of alliance with Ronda, and by the end of the year, she will have turned on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like that one. It's the winning the feud that I'm... I had to do something to make it a bit bold, because otherwise it seems a bit yeah. obvious. The win, the, you know, the, def, the path until winning the feud, the, having her coming out on top, winning the match, but, sure. Winning but somebody... Feud has got to beat Rousey at some point, right? Haven't they? And I, I feel yeah. like if if, they, if they're going with what I think they're going with, from a believability standpoint, um, and the way they built Baszler up in NXT as, as being this absolute monster, do you know what I mean? I could see, I could see her being the one to kind of, I guess, demystify Ronda a little bit. I think there's the, <clears throat> the there's a couple of stumbling blocks. I think which is, you know, they're not going to do anything until after they've bet- like a feud between any of those UFC ladies until they've got this horsewomen versus horsewomen thing out of their system. I don't think. So you've got to get Shayna onto the main roster. You've got to get the other girls onto the main roster. You've got to get that match done. Parlay into it. Have the feud. Have Shayna win the feud. There's a lot of of legwork to be done to get there. I actually think Shayna coming out on top in a, in a Rousey feud 
makes a lot of sense because I get the impression that out of the two of them, Shane is the one who's in it for the long haul. I just don't get the impression that Ronda's going to be doing this for many years. Um, I, there's just something about, I don't know, the way she's been presented and booked and produced. And, um, you know, there's there's been sort of rumours that she finds the travel schedule quite quite a struggle and she wants to have kids and stuff. So I just get the impression that, that Shane dare I say, takes the craft a bit more seriously in terms of, of, you know, she's down in NXT and she's learning it and she seems to have taken to it a bit more and stuff. So I think if the two were ever to feud, you know, your long-term investment, if you want to use that kind of language, would be Shayna rather than Ronda. So it would make sense for it to come out on top. Um, I guess I I feel like there's a little too much legwork to be done to get there for it to happen this year. So I think you might be maybe a year a year ahead there like Mazza was with his uh, with his horsewoman feud um, is my gut instinct. I would love to see it though. Yeah, I think I think maybe I might have added I might have added too many um, too many moving parts to that one, but but certainly I think I, I think you know the 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 turning on her part you could certainly get to. It might be that Absolutely. their final match might not be until next year's Mania, but um, but yeah, certainly I I think. I think Shayna is an absolute star. You know, it's, she's somebody I think that's turned everybody's heads from in the Mae Young Classic, if I'm just being oh, another MMA person, yeah. to where she is now, having had all those fantastic matches, Amber Moon, all those fantastic matches with Kyrie Sane, um, and just feeling like an event every time she steps onto the stage. You know, and I think, I think uh, she's such a different. She sets such a different tone to the women that came before her in NXT, to the likes of, you know, of Emma and Paige and um, and Sasha and Bailey. You know, all really good talents, but but Shane just sets a completely different tone to them. And I think, you know, she really feels like somebody that WWE have done a, a fantastic job in building and training. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for her having a very successful main roster career. And I think when when eventually the feud does come with Ronda, she probably will win it. I like I, I feel like that's the more likely uh, outcome. Uh, and I dare say that she may even be the one who ends up. You know, if Ronda is only going to end up doing this for a couple of years, um, Shayna seems like the logical person to send her packing. Really, in in a lot of ways. Um, so, I'd, but Shayna, it's just it's the character side, you know. I think I was one of those people you reference. You know, she was in the Mae Young Classic, and it was, the matches were kind of a bit ugly. And you sort of went, oh, okay, you know, it's just another dominant UFC vet who's going to come in and be like a Brock Lesnar type fighter. But what she wasn't able to show in the tournament is what she's been able to develop and show in the matches and programs she's had since, which is that sense of character. Like you have an idea who Shayna Baszler's character is in a way that you don't necessarily with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is just like Ronda Rousey. You know, she's just still this kind of, um, uh, like a, like a, like a cardboard cutout in a weird way. It's like, like a, like a caricature. That's why that's the word I'm looking for. Um, whereas Shayna Baszler feels a lot more three dimensional as a character. Um, and I, and I love the way that she just marries this, you know, the intensity and the kind of, um, I guess, badassery, for want of a better term, with actually increasing vulnerabilities. You know, like Ember Moon has, has shown some vulnerabilities in her. Kyrie Sane has shown some vulnerabilities in her. And I love that, that, that that's starting to be something which is, you know, which is there. Because that's the, di- that's the difficulty with these kind of monster characters is like, how do you, 
you know, how do you make them um, sort of you feel like they could be beaten? And I think they've done a great job with that. They have, absolutely. And uh, they've done well to avoid creating too much of a mystique around it, you know, because that can get quite old quite quick as well, um, especially after Asker. I mean, Asker had such a dominant, dominant run down there herself. It would have been very easy to go back to that well. Yeah, it would, and I'm glad they. Uh, I'm glad they avoided that they that fate. Yeah, yeah, entirely. Particularly as you know, the end of Asker's undefeated streak basically amounted to nothing. It was like they made a really big deal of it, and then you know, <laughs> nothing was ever said again. Um, okay, so um, plan. I think it's your turn again. I, I accidentally muted myself. Oh, I did wonder. I was like, what's going on there? <laughs> Have I been left all alone in the in the, in the uh, studio? That would, would be the first uh, time. Has Mazza left us? Mazza is, is, uh, is, is stepped out for a moment. He will be back, I believe, shortly. Oh, okay. Um, just pulling back the curtain there, sorry. Uh, my turn again. Okay, well, I, I went for a quite bold, optimistic one first. I'm going to go for a pretty cynical one next. Um, and I'm going to say, and people probably aren't going to like me saying this, but I'm going to say that by the end of 2019, uh, the IWC at large will have cooled off on Becky Lynch to the point that she will be considered another quote-unquote flop or failed main eventer. Hmm. I, I, I think the first part of it, I, I could absolutely, I can absolutely see happening because WWE aren't able, generally speaking, to handle somebody well enough for the buzz to persist. So. Well, well, let me let me just uh, sort of extrapolate on the second part briefly because what I what I mean by that is that not necessarily that she will be, but that the the, the fans will consider it to be in the same way that Dean Ambrose isn't, but there's this weird narrative that persists around him that he is, or that uh, you know uh, that was persisting around Seth like a year or so ago, or has persisted around all the top stars at times when it hasn't been true. You know, one of these kind of folkloric narratives that we invent for ourselves where it's a big where basically what I'm what I'm trying to sort of drill out with this with this prediction is that I just feel a little bit like all the sort of the swell of support around Becky and stuff while it's been hard earned and is certainly deserved. Um, it feels like we've been here before with a lot of other people, and it feels like when we've been here before with other people, it always ends the same way, which is sooner or later fans pick up on a new fad and pick up on it. You know, I'm not criticizing fans. This is just an observation about, you know, behavioral patterns. We, we pick up on somebody else. They become the hot property. And the thing that we were bothered about, you know, sort of six months beforehand, that's not so interesting anymore now. And, and in fact, you could even argue 2018 is part and parcel of this. You know, Seth was the hottest thing for six months. Then, then it was Becky. You know, we've seen it in the past with, you know, you think about Zack Ryder and how hot he got at one point and everyone was, loving it, and then sort of, you know, uh, six months later, nobody cared. To, to a certain extent, it's happened with The Miz. You know, he was the hottest thing going for a year or so, and at this point, nobody cares. You know, and whether it's because WWE mishandled it or not, or whether it's just because sometimes we have a tendency in this day and age to expect a little too much or to impose our own narratives that aren't necessarily reflective of the reality of the situation or whatever the case may be. I'm because people forget, right, that the first six months of 2018 for Becky, it wasn't that she just wasn't having a great year. She was a non-entity. 
Like she was barely, she felt like she was barely on TV. I don't think she was on pay per view. Uh, she certainly wasn't on the main card at WrestleMania. Uh, she got eliminated halfway through the first Women's Royal Rumble to no real fanfare. You know, it's not like she she'd had sort of a relatively consistent year, then blew up all of a sudden. She did nothing until around June time when people started to talk a little bit about her, and then you know, the like if the whole heel turn controversy hadn't have happened. There's a cynical part of me that would say the steam would have already run out. That kind of really sort of pushed it forward that little bit more. Uh, so I guess it is a very cynical prediction, you know, but it just feels like I've been down this road before. I've, you know, I've seen this kind of thing before uh, and all these, you know, these ridiculous comparisons to she's the next Stone Cold Steve Austin and having to do segments on TV with Cena and stuff. It's all interesting. It's all, it's, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. And like I said, she's certainly put in the work this year to, deserve it but i'm i'm not convinced how long it's going to last because i don't think that someone who becomes that hot that quick overnight almost quite literally overnight that to me isn't a foundation that smacks of staying power that's to me a foundation that smacks of 15 minutes of fame more than anything else uh, so the challenge is on her to make it stick the challenge is on the company to make it stick i hope i'm wrong to a certain degree i hope i i mean i hope some of the bluster kind of calms down because it is starting to irritate me a little bit uh, how how over the top it's all starting to be, but um, you know, it's 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 just the the cynicism of experience tells me that by the end of this year, I don't know how popular she's still going to be. I mean, I would say I would say that it would have calmed down because, of course, these these things always always do. Um, what I, I I don't think will happen. I don't think that I don't think there'll be a significant um, backlash where people are saying that she's overrated or or anything of that sort. So I, I don't I don't necessarily trust WWE to um, you know to put her in consistently in situations where she retains the the type of heat that she has right now. Um, but I certainly but I mean the, I the, I guess what I can envision happening is that by the end of the year. You know, people say, no, you know, Becky was great at the start of the year, but then she had X feud with X person or Z match with Z person. And ever since then, whatever she had, she's lost it, you know, and and just weird kind of imposed narratives like that that aren't necessarily true. Well, yeah, it's the IWC. So it's always a safe prediction to say that that there'll be some people um, spreading some negativity, I suppose. Um, But I always is. Um. So, massive. Did you catch all of that, Matt? So, plans saying yeah. that, that Becky is going to be called down to the point where she's kind of, you know, um, she's not the the, the sort of uh, darling of the IWC anymore. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that one's a stretch at all. To be honest, I just think it's, you know, it's kind of the nature of the business, especially in this day and age. You know, for someone to hold on to that for for a whole year. I mean, look look at AJ now. Does anyone really care what AJ's doing? You know, I I think that's just how wrestling is. A year's a long time to be hot, you know, for even when you talk about, you know, your stone colds and stuff like that, you know, it, it, it did last for a while, but it didn't last forever. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's, that's over the top, particularly with how they book the women's division, you know, which is, well, I think they need to capitalise on it now more. You know, it's now's the time. I, I think for Becky, you, you got to push her, push her through to WrestleMania, give her that big WrestleMania moment. You know, 
uh, where do you go from there? That, that's always the question, you know. The, the last big one like that was Brian, and we never found out because he got injured. But, you know, I remember us all predicting that one, once he got there, there would be a, a drop-off at some point, which, you know, we, we never got to see. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i I'm the same. I, I think there'll be a new favourite by the end of the year, for definite. I, I don't think she'll, she'll hold that position all year, but my hope is they, they capitalise, you know, within that first first half of 2019 on her and you know let someone else take it you know it's it's pro wrestling i think sometimes we get caught up in quite how long someone stays at the top but you know a lot of the time you know short of you being a hogan or someone like that you know it it, it's not a long time that that you're there and i I remember on on a talk is uh jericho episode once uh Jericho explaining that it's like you're on a big wheel and you're all on, on a part of the wheel and you'll get your chance when you're at the top and you've got to take that because, you know, and make the most of it where it's there because you'll, the wheel will keep rolling and you'll find yourself in different positions on the wheel at different points. And, you know, there's, I don't see there being that high of a ceiling for, for Becky to, to maintain it for a whole year, to be honest. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty safe bet, to be honest. I mean, all I would say is that in that division, um, I think there's, I think there's potentially less competition for her than there would be in some of the other divisions. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, I know um, there's uh, there's potential, I guess, for, for Rousey to get, you know, for to kind of get everyone behind her. You know, but if you think about it, Charlotte's already kind of um, had a had a run on top. Asker has already had a big undefeated streak. You know, short of them bringing up a Baszler or a Sane and then really taking off. You know what I mean? It's like I guess what hasn't happened with the women before is you know because you had all that Charlotte and um, Sasha stuff in 2016, and and again they didn't really do much with that once once it was over and i think that was probably that was probably the, the main issue that they had so yeah it's it's gonna be a challenge for them to um to, to maintain becky where she is but um i don't know i give her a better chance than i give some of the others somehow i think she seems to have tapped into something that people just want no she's doing a fantastic mm. job at the moment i think <clears throat> you know the cynical side is yeah it, it she's not Ms. Dow, you know that's that's not where she's at it's not just something that that's gotten over and everyone's latching onto it. It, it there's something real there and she's working it extremely extremely well so I'm yeah not certainly quite, not uh, flash- well, I'm, I'm not quite so much there but we'll see i hope i'm proven wrong though i mean yeah t- time indeed will tell i mean i i i, I think you know the first part of your prediction is is pretty safe because you know the, the IWC always calls off on people. Whether it's to the degree that you're predicting, I think that's where I'm unsure really. Um, so, uh, Maz, are you ready for a second prediction? You go, you go. I'm on the flight today. Okay, so uh, my one um, is. Oh, this is quite bold when I think about it, but but here we go. Uh, Johnny Gargano will not go to the main roster in 2019. Now, 
let me kind of uh, ex- explain that a little bit. So he's obviously been in NXT for a, for a long time. Has basically become the mainstay of the brand, the same that Sami Zayn was a few years ago. And you know he's recently become the record holder for the amount of takeover matches wrestled. Um, and I I just get the sense that maybe WWE are going to realise that this kind of strategy of constantly um, coughing up half of NXT's roster to a enormously overloaded roster is is a bad idea, and they're going to maybe stick with what they have with NXT for a good part of 2019. Um, and of course, to be able to do that, they'll need you know a linchpin like Gargano around. And so, yeah, I, I think the fact that he's not come up in 2018, and you know, even after this extensive Champa feud kind of tells me that, that I think he might stick around there for at least another year It's an intriguing one and it feels like it, there's 50-50 here I mean you're predicting someone staying in NXT right as WWE start to say that it's an era of new faces and new feuds um, granted he's not part of the DLC pack that they're releasing but um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's 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 also interesting because you know you think well you know what's what's sort of it feels like he's he's run the run the gamut as a as a baby face but then he's kind of turning at the minute which kind of gives new life to his his character arc more room to explore it but then you think well are they better excuse me <clears throat> are they better bringing him up while there's still something left for him to get out of his character rather than doing what they did with Bailey, where, you know, you exhaust it all and then there's nothing left once they're on the main roster. Um, I hope it's true because I can ignore him far easier when he's in NXT because um, his matches really aren't for me. But it's it's a difficult one to call that, you know, I think. I, th- I think, you know, the cynical side of me feels like they're just going to keep Ignoring the fact that this this talent economy is totally broken and, and lopsided and, and poorly weighted, and that they're just going to keep loading more and more and more people onto these main rosters, and that Gargano will be one of them, especially because it feels like if Gargano is going to stick around, they at least need to start shifting the focus of the main event a bit, because it feels like it's been him and Champa for a very very long time, um, and Alistair Black as well as a, as a sort of a third party to that in various ways. And it feels like acts like I've, I've become a huge fan of undisputed era in the last couple of months. And I've been sort of revisiting their work and whatnot. And it feels like they're, 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 Maz and I were sort of talking about this the other week, you know, last week, it feels very much like they're, they're raring to become the center point of the show at this stage. Uh, and that 2019 should really, I think be, be their year. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting and, and tricky one to call, actually, I think, when you start to start to boil it all down. I'm, you know, it's one of those that can very easily happen. I just don't see it. I, I see I, I see him as someone that they're going to want to bring up and, and make the most of and will probably fail with, would be my guess. He's... Uh, I reckon they they get it wrong with Gargano because I don't know why. Because I, it's just the feeling I get. It's one of those that they're not going to capture the the same essence they did in in 
NXT. And I, I think a lot of it might be due to what Plan said in, in that they exhaust his character development in, in NXT and then they just got no clue what to do with him once he comes up. Um, I still find him very interesting at the moment, you know. Um, I think I'll speak for all of us uh, by saying if they do come up, I'd love to see him come up with Champa and as well, DIY, I was, evil I DIY. Say, what's what's interesting is they've been teasing, you know, the fact that they're you know they're suddenly both bad guys again, and um, sort of they've done like a couple of spots where they've almost teased a reunion, and it's almost the perfect time to bring them up together as a result and almost start their story from scratch again. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'd actually really like to see that. I mean, you know, I was always against them breaking up. I mean, funny enough, my prediction two years ago was that they would break up and it was coming from a place of I don't want this to happen, but it's tough to be in tag teams. So of course, it's going to happen. Um, but I, I really, you know, if they're going to if they were going to come up, I always felt like they were going to come up as a tag team. And then when they broke them up, I was like, well, I don't really see either as a sort of singles performer on the main roster, particularly maybe on 205. But. I mean, I know that, that, that sort of Champ has developed this character that, that people have been very into and stuff, um, in a similar way to, to, to Becky Lynch, I guess. But um, but yeah, if they came up as heel DIY, then and it was kind of like a reset, then yeah, I mean, I could really get into that. I just thought, you know, I thought I'd try and be a bit bolder with them this year. So um, sure. I, I kind of went with that because he does seem like he's the soul of NXT right now. And, you know, we've talked before about maybe NXT needs to kind of become something else to what it has been, you know, it needs to become um, a lesser developmental system, more its own thing, because the way it was working, you know, for its first kind of three or four years in existence, isn't the way that it works now. Uh, and maybe that would be something that would represent it. And you're bang on about that. I mean, I, you know, I've said this myself that the, and I wrote about it in a column a couple of weeks ago. They, they, they absolutely—it's an elephant in the room. They absolutely need to redress, redress the balance in the relationship between NXT and the main roster because the way it is at the minute does no longer works. Um, you know, and they have to take account of NXT's success and adjust accordingly for that. And they've kind of ignored it weirdly, in, in an odd way. Um, and and I guess you know if you if you're going to have anyone serve as the gateway into allowing that to happen, then someone like Johnny Gargano. Uh, and this period that he's in with with Champer and stuff is is the right time uh, to do it. I will also agree with Mazza. If you were to come up to the main roster, I have absolutely every belief that they'll they'll fumble the ball. And you know, a large part of that is obviously on WWE. Uh, the majority of it, even because they have had a long history of fumbling NXT characters, they bring up and like resetting them and ignoring what worked for them in the first place. But it is also a different beast when you've on when you're on the main roster. And I've said this before, and I think that's as, as responsible for a lot of these NXT successes not succeeding on the main roster because all of a sudden, you know, as I always put it, you're, you're swimming against the tide of fan sentiment on the main roster instead of with it with NXT. People are a lot more um, uh, a lot they approach the NXT product with a lot more good faith towards it than they do the main roster one. Um, and so to be able to succeed, you know, when you're in in one segment every two weeks on a TV show people want to see compared to succeeding uh, when you're in multiple segments on a TV show every week that people don't want to see, um, that it's two totally different things. And, and again, that's another reason why the system doesn't really work at the minute. But um, I think Gargano has written all over him that he would fall victim as a result of that in much the same way Sami Zayn did, actually. Um, and I don't think that that Sami Zayn's lack of success is all because of WWE. I think Sami Zayn's lack of success is partly because 
actually when you get him outside of that cult environment, he's just not that great. Um, but all of that aside, uh, like I say, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna start readdressing the the role NXT plays, which they absolutely need to, then uh, what better time than now? And who better with than someone like Johnny Gargano? Um, I mean, the other interesting thing is you could have easily seen him in the kind of role that Mustafa Ali ended up playing on the main roster this year. It's almost like you'd be getting a second version of of him somehow. I mean, I don't know if you guys see that or not, but it feels like a. a you know, I mean, you just called him the soul of NXT. Um, it, and so he was like before the niche is, it feels like the niche he'd be if they promoted him it feels like he'd be six months too late for the niche that he'd fill if that makes sense because it's already been filled yeah I, I think I think you're right there if, if you were going to do that that would have been the time to do it but you know I don't know maybe, maybe the change in character will help him you know maybe that's the one thing that Sammy's never really done even when he went heel it just didn't you know didn't even change his theme music did he it's like it, got this it, like happy-go-lucky music. Everyone's chanced along to where he's meant to be a hero. It's like what? Sure, but you know, there's there's a lot more to it than just that. I mean, you know, look look at how you know Ambrose is handling his heel turn. Look at how Brian's handled his heel turn. You know, they've changed. They've changed who they are. Which Sammy didn't really. He just started doing other heel stuff. Well, he just yeah, just basically did. Went with the I'm Kevin Owens' best friend, and that was about all they they went with it, wasn't it? I mean, you know, that was a very bad time on SmackDown generally, though, wasn't it? So I almost I almost give him a pass for that, really. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, uh, be interesting to see what what 2019 holds for Johnny Wrestling. Um, all right, Mans, have you got another one for us? I've got one. I'll I'll go in the whole realms of the call ups and and the whatnots. I will predict that. Pete Dunne will be a main roster wrestler by the end of the year, and he will come up still as UK champion. My, so, thing, go my logic behind this is just to, you know, help continuing with the UK brand, almost like, like uh, Kevin Owens did when he came up. I think he'll come up, he'll get um, put in a, in, in a quite high-profile feud, introduced in he will stay but he'll come along with his belt and he will hold that belt for a while if for nothing else to try and get more eyes on on the nxt uk product i i think my first instinct um is to say that i think you know if they're going with this whole new faces stuff i think um, Dunn and, and Bate in particular feel like they are already a bit too big for NXT UK um, and it would make sense for them to come up I, I would hope that he would drop that title in a huge match before maybe at one of these NXT UK takeovers or even a normal takeover before he went up um, you know to sort of to, to drop that title to a coffee or someone like that would, would I think be um, a really good favour to do on the way out. So I kind of get the idea of him promoting NXT UK by still holding that belt, but I mean, he's held the bloody thing for 500 odd days already. It's like he's getting oh, beyond yeah. lesser territory wrong. at this I'm point. Not, <laughs> I'm not saying he's not going to drop the belt at all. I'll say he, he comes up with the belt first before he drops it. Is yeah, what I'm saying. I... He will be, he'll be on the main roster as a main roster wrestler before he drops it. I mean, they did a similar thing with uh, with Kevin Owens, didn't they? When Kevin Owens yeah. was, was NXT champion, um, I'm not even that convinced that it'll be on the main roster this year. To be honest, 
Uh, and a part of me, again, hopes that he isn't just because of the, I mean, they can't, and we say it all the time, but they can't manage what they've already got on the main roster. Um, and unless they're going to really start, you know, pushing some people out of the door and not uh, using part-timers and, and, you know, and really cutting the fat, then if Pete Dunne came up, I think he'd quite quickly get lost in the shuffle, not because he's not a talented performer, because he quite obviously is, um, but because there's already so many people on there that WWE feel obligated to find stuff for, um, that to add someone else. And I'm, I'm also not sure where he fits. I mean, because SmackDown Live is pretty, but it feels like it's 75, 90% heels already. Um, you know, I mean, he's normally a baby face right now, isn't he? Yeah, and I guess maybe there's there's space for him on Raw. I'm not sure. Um, I I do side with with Mav. I mean, I see where you're coming, Mazza, with the idea of him coming up still as UK champion. But I, you know, he's been champion for such a long time already. Yeah. He served his role well as they've been establishing the regular kind of top UK competitors, uh, and they're on the verge of like it. It would to me, it would feel like you've got your first takeover. Uh, UK takeover coming up it would feel like a massively wasted opportunity to not switch the title at that point you know there's a reason why they had the 1-2-3 kid beat Razor Ramon very early on in the existence of Monday Night Raw it was to prove that anything could happen you know and you want to prove with these takeovers that big things happen um, and it feels who, who, like who's, who's his challenger is it is as TV you know, announced it Joe Coffey I think right. yeah I mean, and, and, and they've so, done a good job of making Joe Coffee look like a, a beast as well. So exactly. So you don't want to you don't want to dilute that before. And I also feel like it would almost stifle the brand a little bit to have a guy come up to the main roster with the championship as the brand's really still kind of establishing itself and and finding its footing and building its foundation. Um, the timing just feels right to move the tat championship onto somebody else. Um, if he did move to the main roster, I would be very, very intrigued to see where he fits and who he feuds with and what his role turns out to be. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got both options because he, you know, his ring work essentially turned him face because he was a, a an horrible heel who basically had a that brilliant match with Tyler Bay, uh, whatever takeover that was. And then afterwards, people just started cheering him because he was so bloody good. Um, but I think you could easily establish him back as a heel on the main roster without too much trouble. I mean, you know, it, yeah. he, he's got a lot of Kevin Owens about him, hasn't he? Like he's, he's kind of, he's the, he's like the cruiserweight Kevin Owens in some ways. So yeah, um, I think he's a natural heel, isn't he? I think, I think he comes up, he, he will, they, they will reset him to heel. Cause he, he's not, re- you know, he's, He's pressing everyone, isn't he, really? You know, whether it's on NXT, I know he's on the face side of things against the Undisputed Era, but, you know, within that, he's still having his issues with Ricochet and uh, and all that. So he's he's probably the most tweener wrestler in the company right now. He kind of really does play both sides of the fence quite a lot. It's interesting that when he, when he wrestled um, Devlin, he wrestled much more as a face than when he wrestled um, Danny Birch, when he wrestled much more as a heel. Well, that was quite noticeable, I thought. I don't know if you, if both of you have seen those matches or not. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was quite noticeable that, that um, you know, in order to kind of establish Devlin as, as the kind of, well, he's kind of becoming the top, the sort of default top heel um, in NXT UK, I think, um, where he's getting to the point where he's going to be. And I think, 
Dunn did a really good job in kind of establishing that for him. Um, did him quite a lot of favours in the ring, I thought. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's going to be an interesting year for Pete Dunne, I think, and he's still so young. I think that's that's the the thing that that he's got on his side is that you know he's still in his early twenties. So you know, if he comes up to the main roster, then it's not necessarily going to be too much of a problem if if he doesn't like hit the ground running straight away. Like he'd be okay having these kind of open you know challenge matches of being in these battle royals and things for a bit. I don't think that would hurt him too much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, like you say, it's hard to find a place for him. If he loses that belt, just 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 say for argument's sake, he loses it in Blackpool. You know, well, he he had, like you said, he, him and Bate have really, you know, outgrown MXT UK. You know, they've got their roles right now, and one's a champion, and one is, you know, leading that charge towards the tag titles. But you know, where does he go if he goes to NXT? He's been more of a, you know, he's been like a special attraction there, really, hasn't he? Since, since the get go, yeah. bringing him for for a little run. But you know, do you can you bring him in there full time, push him towards the title? I mean, you know, you'd have some fantastic matches, but you'd have that wherever you put him. But that US uh, title, that sort of US title, IC title. I know the IC title has become kind of a de facto world title with the Lesnar thing, hasn't it? But the US title, I think, um, I think it's a division that that needs a shot in the arm quite badly. And, and someone like Pete Dunne could provide that, like Pete Dunne v Nakamura and that sort of thing would be fantastic, you know. So I mean, the, 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 there's potential the problem, for good matches there. The, the problem, of course, being that, that you've still got Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy and all these kind of tribute acts to the late noughties still hanging around. That's what I was yeah. saying earlier. Unless that that is a big problem. About, unless you're going to get sure. serious about trimming the fat, including people who you would consider to be big names, you know, you've got to, you've got to start, you've got to start pushing people out Something's the door. Something's got to give. You can't, yeah. you, you can't just keep loading your roster up with more and more and more and more and more and more people. No, no, and it's, it's go, true. And, it's then, true. and then going, oh, we'll have the Undertaker come back for a big match. Because why? Because you need him. Because you've got 70 other guys you're not using. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, you know, you're absolutely right, Plan. It is ludicrous that they've still, you know, that they're still kind of. I mean, you think back to Hell in a Cell, like Jeff Hardy v. Randy Orton in, Hell, in a Hell in a Cell match, you know, where they're both outshone by a screwdriver. Um, <laughs> like I just, I just, yeah, I find all of that really bizarre. But it's a bit like, you know, Orton is only going to leave on his own terms. Like, you know, he he is not going to be released. Um, oh, of course not. So I guess he is on his. He's on his third strike, actually, isn't he? Wellness wise. So if he took something, yeah, but then they introduce some bullshit clause about if you don't have a one, if you don't have a suspension for so long, you get cleared, like your your records cleared or something. No, really. I um, think so. Yeah, I remember reading something about that years back. Yeah, it's 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 obvious that Randy Orton's not going to be anyone a movie star anytime soon. So either you know he just decides he can't be bothered anymore and and goes well, and, and goes well, yeah, I think, yeah, he has, yeah. That, I think. But he's not. Thing is, he's not a full part timer either. Like it's not like he's he's showing up, you know, for one pay per view every so often. He's on TV every every bloody week, isn't he? So, yeah, it's kind of his life, isn't it? It's, you know, it's not, he's not got any other irons in the fire. He's not, you know. That's the problem with Orton, though, isn't it? Else. He was and, t- and he's too, 
he's too much of a prick to really put him in any kind of backstage role where he helps yeah. people. Well, he was because he, he was like. He's, he must have made more than enough money in his career to be able to retire. He's still got his health. There's absolutely nothing left for him to achieve. Like, mm-hmm. he's won umpteen million world championships. He's main evented WrestleMania in every show going. Why is he still hanging around? Yeah, ah. maybe, maybe Cody will do us all a favour and you know, throw, some, throw some cash at him. I mean, the, the strange thing is, of course, that if, if you could get, you know, that 2012... Randy Orton, who was not in a prominent position, but just had good matches for everybody, you know, then 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 he has some value, but he's not been that person for a really long time now. Like the Randy Orton that had good matches with anybody on a random episode of TV, like he just doesn't seem to be that guy anymore. Like when was the last time he did that? Like Seth Rollins. You keep hoping that he will, and it just don't happen. And every now and again, you see a sign that it might happen, and then it just doesn't. There was the yeah. Wasn't there a match with Gable that was quite good? I seem to recall. Um, but but yeah, like I just I just wish I mean, that that's, every now and then he has one of those right like, good TV matches, and you're like, oh oh maybe maybe, and then yeah. No. But, I mean, I think turning him heel and having him put screwdrivers in people's ears and having him be like a weirdo that puts his finger in Nakamura. Was it like Jeff Hardy's ear and all, all that stuff? Like Rey Mysterio, like you know, sort of taking his trying to take his mask off and like whatever. It's it's all just I don't I don't get the the writing of that character. It's just kind of it's not even the Randy Orton that he's been earlier in his career. It's like some sort of like pervert Orton. I don't really get it. Um, there you have it. I don't, know, I don't know how we uh, ended up talking about Randy Orton quite so much with that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, we are on to uh, our insane round now. Um, so who'd like to kick us off? I totally forgot my, what mine was going to be. Okay, I can go first if you like. Go for it. All right, so uh, mine is that Drew McIntyre will go undefeated in singles competition in 2019. <laughs> oh, for the love of God! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's meant to be insane, isn't it? But obviously, he's on a monster push right now. Um, he is. I mean, if if he does, you've got to you've got to assume he 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 has a long world title or universal title run in there, um, or a mid card title run, I guess. Yeah, but but I think I think you know he. Okay, the only way this happens is, is, is essentially if he doesn't face Lesnar. So it's a that's why it's a bit insane, because you'd have to think they are building him up for Lesnar. But let's just say Seth Rollins is the one that beats Lesnar. Um, then, then obviously that would then open the door for Drew McIntyre to beat Seth Rollins just to annoy Plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then go on one of those WWE I mean, title fun. runs that, that kind of just last forever. Um, so it's a bit of a gamble, but if they're going to commit to his push, which, you know, obviously we know for a fact Vincent Mom, you know, wanted to do this in like 2009, for God's sake, um, then, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not the most crazy thing, I guess, but it's also quite insane. So I thought, you I know, think it's, I think it's, I think it's insane. I mean, you're talking about an entire year in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have that kind of. Although technically, if he wins a match and gets released, <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, that true. 
Yeah. So there are loopholes in this one. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not, obviously, it's, it's not meant to be a, uh, it's not meant to be, there's the whole point of them being insane predictions, isn't it? But, you know, th- there's some, there has to be some basis in, in why you think it. And, you know, the way that they had him booked on Monday night, like he's, he looks like he's in for a big 2019. So. Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, who's got, who's got another insane one? I'll go. My, my insane one is a female will win a male title belt this year. So China style. China style. Yeah. Um, you know, it's insane in that we're still in this position where, you know, they, they're obviously shying away from male versus female, uh, action too much, uh, quite a lot. You know, you get a bit of, a bit of a woman beating up on a man, but not like attitude era or, you know, two man power trip beat down on Lita with her a long way from having one of those. But, uh, oh, how good was that? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think, you know, a few of the signs, you know, you've had quite a bit more of the women holding their own against uh, the men here and there in, in little bits of action. You know, you've got Becky Lynch calling herself the man. You've had Rousey beat up on Triple H at WrestleMania. You know, it's Mixed match challenge as well. Mixed match challenge. And again, you know, while it's still female versus female, male versus male, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, politically it's probably a bit of a stretch. But, you know, at the same time, you know, politically, it, it does it make a statement as well? Do you know what makes this particularly what what takes the edge off of this being so insane is the situation they're in with Becky Lynch calling going around calling herself the man. Yeah. You know they've just done this segment with Cena where she kind of threw Cena out of the ring and they've had it having you know she's had some interaction on Twitter with Seth Rollins about being the man. You know I could I could actually see Becky Lynch winning like an Intercontinental or US title match. And also well, I mean you've also got um, the other thing is right. The women's money in the bank match. Now, is there anything to say you couldn't cash that in on a male champion? I suppose not. I've, I've not read the contract, but uh... <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's one in there, Maz. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, like that's not. They should be telling me like the custody papers for Dominic weren't in there in 05. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you. Um, imagine if that was his first, if that was Dominic's first storyline on the, uh, he goes to NXT and he gets like a, he gets basically some sort of like flashback storyline. Um, <coughs> anyway, uh, maybe Dominic's had a kid and, and then he's got to fight for that kid's custody. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's, it's like you could do that. Couldn't you? you could say, right. It's, it's, because I, I like that one better than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Dominic will go to NXT and we'll have a custody ladder match. There we go. Um, yeah, no, but I could, you could see that happening. Couldn't you money the bank uh, ladder match and, and a female holder catches in on a male champion? There's no reason why they couldn't do that. I, I, think that I think their worry would be how they get out of it then, you know, how, how they reset. Yeah, quite. But then again, with China, you know. Um, oh, I'll tell you what could be very fun, you know. Yeah, but China was a different time. What they could do, they could have it happen. You know, say say Becky Lynch answers an open challenge, wins the title, but then she gets stripped of it or something like that. You yeah, know, that could 
way around it. But saying I think no, there's no, also, no. you just mentioned China was a different time. There's also um, the strong possibility that they may want to avoid a situation where direct parallels are drawn with China because of a past with the adult uh, entertainment industry, you know, doing porn and stuff. Um, and Triple H has kind of said in the past, I think, like that's, you know, that's one reason why she's not in the Hall of Fame because if the kids are going Google China, you know, and there's 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 every every opportunity that could crawl. I don't know. I, there's there's like I say, there's there's an edge to it that that makes it a little less insane. I'm not sure it's something I'd want to see, quite honestly. Um, but I guess I guess it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Okay, uh, plan. Yes, I remembered what I was going to. Yes, I remembered what I was going to predict. And sadly, I'm not sure how insane it is. But I was going to say that. Uh, when WWE returned to Saudi Arabia, uh, at one of the Saudi Arabia shows will be headlined by The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you gave Sam and uh, Imp a lot of stick for what they said. Uh, I hope I hope you're prepared to give the same to yourself. <laughs> well, we thought you'd, what's it? I mean, I know it's batshit crazy, but we're talking about a situation where the last one was headlined by DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. True, um, true. You know, Shane McMahon won a tournament to be named Best in the World. <laughs> Uh, That's was, still crazy, isn't it? Lest we forget as well, because I watched the Greatest Royal Rumble back for research purposes the other day. He was also in like the last four of the Greatest Royal Rumble match as well. Which Shane... means he's the fourth Greatest Rumble competitor of all time, well, if you uh, take the name of the show. <laughs> um, and that first Saturday show was obviously opened by like John Cena versus Triple H randomly. And famously, the Saudi Prince asked for like Yokozuna to appear at the show and stuff. And they had Hulk Hogan come out. <laughs> There's, there's, there's obviously, you know, these Saudi shows have, uh, are such a, a clear example of like two billionaires just playing with their favorite toys um, in the sandbox. Uh, and, you know, they've obviously got the money through this deal to throw at these people, to throw these stars, to coach Sean out of retirement and stuff, this, these ridiculous sums of money. Uh, so if they're, you know, if they're going to go back and the schedules work out, then, you know, I see, I mean, I know Austin's however old and stuff, but, um, you know, I'm sure if they offered him enough money and he was feeling healthy enough and it was the rock that he was going to be, going to be wrestling, I, you know, it's insane. Absolutely. But sadly we live in a world where it's not beyond the realms of possibility. All I can think of here is how, how terribly old and out of shape next to the rock in in 2019 (laughs) it it would just be like insane you know rock's obviously still in you know absolute beast mode and but but he's not in ring shape is he as shown you know like ring shapes like you know cardio wise like the rock dies about three minutes very much he has these days doesn't he i think that's a little harsh uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, Austin did say... Breath's setting his name on fire. Yeah, quite. Um, like, Austin did say when Punk was around that that was one match that he would have liked to have had. He, th- he thought, like, you know, if Vince had offered him CM Punk at WrestleMania, he'd have taken it. But he did go on record and say that, as I recall. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think even with this crazy Saudi money floating about and stuff, I, I think Austin more than a lot of the others is very protective of his own legacy 
Um, and we didn't count predictions this year. That's my count prediction. The other thing is as well, I've just thought, and I didn't think of this, is that it's not going to look good on The Rock with his Hollywood career to go and wrestle in Saudi Arabia after the news that was around in November. This is also true. And Cena, of course, binned it off, didn't he, last time? For yeah, the same reason. Um, as well as as well as Brian, um, who, of I'll course... I'll stick to my insane prediction, though. But yeah, I mean, it's, me- it's, it's, it's meant to be insane, so that's fair enough. All right, um... So we also had um, some write-ins as well from some of our uh, friends uh, from Lords of Pain Radio and the Lords of Pain columns uh, page. Um, so let's let's take a look at some of those. Uh, just finding the thread here. All right, so let's start with um, Rich Latter. Uh, hello, Rich. How are you doing? And he says that Roman Reigns will return to action by SummerSlam. I hope so. Genuinely, yeah, I hope, so, I hope so. You know, obviously, we we we. I think even fans who aren't fans of his would wish him well in the situation he's in. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, obviously, we don't know how serious it is. Uh, so he could be gone for a lot longer, or he might be back a lot sooner. But um, you know, I. I hope he's back sooner rather than later because he, you know, he does he does leave a hole in the TV show. Ultimately, he's a big presence, and the show's the show is less well off without him there. It was notable, wasn't it? I think when when Reigns uh, had to take time off, um, how thin and and Owens and Zayn were both off as well. How thin the Raw roster suddenly looked. I think that was quite noticeable. Um, so I, I mean, my instinct is that it's a bit early. And it's quite, a, I think, you know, I said to Rich, that's quite a bold one. Um, I would say probably Survivor Series earliest would be my guess. But um, but as you say, I mean, fingers crossed that, that he does. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially because if Seth does end up winning the Universal Championship, even if it's not at WrestleMania at some point, you know, you, you, you get a ready-made story there and then, don't you, in terms of his, his return and the way it flips 2016 on his head. Yeah, 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 yeah it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those. I, I toyed with that prediction myself as well. I hadn't seen it from Rich, so um, yeah, I toyed with it, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll leave that aside. No, I'll, it wouldn't have been by SummerSlam. It would have been during the year. But, yeah, it's... It's one of those. I don't know. I just, I just don't know. You know, I, I, is he ever going to come back at all? Like you say, you don't know the severity of it. You don't know all the ins and outs. I mean, knowing what you see of Reigns, you'd think if he does beat it, he will be back. But you know, uh, something like that can give him perspective. He's got family and stuff like that. Being on the road, how he has been, you know, for the last five years. You know, five, six years. Bloody hell, it's, it's time's going. You know, is that something that he'd still want to do? That he'd still want to entertain? I think he would. I think he was pretty clear in his, his promo, wasn't he? That he would be, you know, he was coming back to reclaim what it, what he was laying down, I guess. So, but yeah, the fingers crossed for him. Um, all right, so here is Imp. Uh, Imp says, the Saudi deal continues to hurt WWE's TV product and PR. I think that's that sounds. Um, well, the, has it really hurt their PR? I mean, I know that there's been a lot of, lot of uh, criticism, perhaps quite rightly, from yeah. You know, try not to take a political stance, as I've said before, with my wrestling fandom. 
uh, among fans on the internet. But you, you know, I, I don't, I, and I'm, I genuinely might be wrong because I, I am saying this quite genuinely. I don't recall really seeing much in the way of them getting criticised for doing a show there. I'm mm. not really sure how much the wider world gives a shit. I think, I think the second time because it came just after the, you know, the murder of the journalist. I think. Um, yeah, I mean that's what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't recall seeing much. It's not like they were on BBC News or anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, is the second part of what he says, of course, is it will also keep hurting the product in that you will have yes. these random windows of time when they're trying to promote six shows at once, uh, which yeah. was a big issue uh, this year. Cause different contenders for different shows and one-off matches and all sorts of nonsense, you know. Jobbing Ziggler out to Shane McMahon and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's uh, that's one of his. He also says um, the Rock will win the Rumble to help boost <laughs> numbers. Yeah, that's the one I took uh, I took issue with. If yes. that happens, then I'm coming for you. It, indeed, but having predicted what you just predicted, maybe you should uh, you should think again about that one. Well, in my defence, at least if they headlined a Saudi Arabia show, it has a limited impact on on the. It has an impact, but a limited impact on the wider product. Yeah. Whereas the Royal Rumble, it would be so, I think, catastrophic given the immediate environment WWE and about wanting to promote new faces, yada yada yada. You know, it feels like one of the things I've been uh, writing about recently is uh, I can't remember if it was a few weeks back now, but. Um, you know, the 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 fate of circumstance is something that happens quite naturally and, and is happening right now, you know, with Reigns having had to to obviously go and battle uh, his 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 health for his health, you know, and Brock Lesnar kind of kind of with one foot out the door, but kind of not really, but maybe is, you know, and, and then want and ratings are lower than ever and stuff. Circumstances are conspiring to afford an opportunity. Someone needs to seize that opportunity. Granted, a talent needs to step up and, and, and really prove their worth. But at the same time, WWE need to get behind that talent as well because that's the one thing that's lacked. And that's why I get so annoyed when people start talking about how guys these days don't want it anymore, and, and, and it, which is such patently obvious bullshit. You know, when you think about how hot different wrestlers have gotten over recent years, only for the company to not get behind them when they needed to to push them over the top. You know, and the key example I always go to is Dean Ambrose in 2016, but you've also had Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins. You know, at the minute it's Becky Lynch, and luckily they look like they're getting behind her. But, you know, there's so many examples of this having happened over recent years, only for them to not commit to the talent, and that's what needs to happen. So, the and, and winning the Royal Rumble is one of those things, you know. is is It can be a big gesture in the current environment with circumstances as they are to allow someone to wrestle a big match at WrestleMania, for them to win the big match at WrestleMania. You know, all these things have to happen. Uh, and if they do, I, I remain in good, I remain faithful that it's going to catalyze some genuine change. But WWE have to play their part. It's no good them not committing to a contemporary talent and then saying it's all the contemporary talent's fault that they never went anywhere. You know, they yes, the talent has to, whether it's Seth or, or anyone else, needs to step up, show what they're made of, and seize the opportunity, but at the same time, WWE need to play their part and get behind them, and get behind them unflinchingly, and get behind them bravely and confidently. Uh, and having The Rock come come back to win the Royal Rumble is quite the opposite of that. I mean, obviously, I mean, last year they went with Nakamura and 
uh, and Daska to a huge fanfare. And it, I, I, I think they'll do. I mean, honestly, I think we're quite safe. I don't think we're in danger of of that of anything like that happening. Um, I think they will go with the theme of this Hiberti Commas fresh start. Um, whoever it is that happens to uh, to win it, be it on the SmackDown side or on the Raw side, or indeed somebody going cross-brand by winning it and going after the other title, as of course happened, I believe that happened with Asuka. She was on Raw, and then she went after Charlotte. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, Seems so long ago now, doesn't it? Uh, Okay, so let's have a look what else we've got. Um, I've got some some writings from founding member Bear. uh, Founding member who's never been on a show, Bear. Found who, yeah, literally like, <laughs> helped set it up but never actually appeared. Except that one time he had an argument with Dano, that was quite fun. Um, but yes, um, I've, I've got a nice long list from him here. So uh, Matt Riddle will debut and win the IC or US belt. No, not this year, no. No, not having that. Um, we will have our first British Hall of Fame entry, likely Bulldog or Al Hayes before Regal. I would say Bulldog has got has got a good chance. I think maybe him and Neidhart might go in together. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, Ember Moon will win the Rumble. No, <laughs> I would like to. I mean, I'd like her to. I mean, I think she's terribly under underutilized. I mean, I think she's a very talented performer. I really like her, but. You know, um, chances of their deciding to, to, to push us the rumble out of absolutely nowhere are pretty slim, I would say. Yeah, I don't see that one happening, especially with how things are lined up at the moment. Brian will lose the title to The Miz. Mm, potentially. Yeah. yeah. I'd, say, I'd say there's a pretty there's a pretty good chance of I'd say there's a pretty good chance of that. Um, at least fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, we'll see something huge from Cena this year: retirement or heel turn. No. Ah, the Cena heel turn. Oh God! What, so, what would a prediction show be without? Who's, who's rolling that one out in 2018? I, I think we'll see very little of Cena. I don't think he'll officially retire, but I think we will see less and less of him. If we do see something big, it'll be a 17th world title. Oh my God! And, and you'll love this one plan. Seth Rollins and Ronda Rousey will injure so many people they'll headline a Mania in a five-hour Iron Man match for all the titles. <laughs> I'd love Seth in a five-hour Ironman match for all the titles. Who did Rousey? There you go. Did Rousey injure someone? Did I miss that? Uh, not that I know of. But uh, I was going to say. It's all his time. I was supposed to say. Right, we also got uh, Sasan, of course, has, has written in. He has said, oh, my God, Randy Orton will beat Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't think we can go through that again, could we? Uh-huh. <laughs> there's more there's more to this one he then doubles down to say that then Cena will beat Orton straight afterwards <laughs> please <laughs> please finish up with a two well, well yeah maybe and then um, he also says that Johnny Gargano and Sebastian so Champa will be elevated to the main roster but will not win any titles I think that one's pretty that's quite a safe one really isn't it yeah, I think so. Yeah, I see that happening. Uh, what have we got from Randall? We've got right in from Randall. Plan to keep Rollins is it, is by it the end of the year. Is it safe to air? Yeah, we checked this one. Plan to hate Rollins by the end of the year. Uh, I definitely think that <laughs> one's in the insane category. Yeah, that's that's in the impossible category. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I don't see that one happening because I'm however. Uh, is that his only one? That's his only one. Oh, well. Uh, Sorry to disappoint you, Randall. Somewhat of a squib then. Um, I feel tempted to double down now, though. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll do a little quick fire round then. Um, so just a, a simple prediction. Of course, we'd usually do um, who's going to be number 30 in the Royal Rumble, but of course, we already know it's me, our truth, and Carmella. So. Um, yeah, but there has been there has been rumblings that uh, no pun intended that uh, <laughs> someone that they put our truth in that in that spot so someone can beat him up and take his number. Oh my god! As if we need to. I mean, like if they, if they could do with those rumbles where they just roll out every single cliche, then I will not be pleased. But I will predict that if that does happen, it'll be AJ Styles who does it. That's, that's quite a good one. Um, all right. Instead, though, let's. Let's do, yeah. num- let's do number one in the Rumble. So number one in the men's Rumble? Seth Rollins. Um, AJ Styles. Uh, Even though he's wrestling for the title. Oh, yeah, shit, I forgot. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I-, I will go Mustafa Ali. Oh, nice. Um, okay. I'll, tell you what, I'll say Seth Rollins one, Mustafa Ali two. Oh, interesting. Seth and Seth uh, collide. <laughs> um, okay, so um, women's rumble number one. Tough to call, especially because it's hard to know who's who's actually going to be in it. Um, Becky Lynch. Imagine the pop of it is Becky Lynch. I don't. I don't think it will be. I think Becky's in that place at the minute where she'd be more like a, you know, like a late. Like Austin was in '98 and stuff, like in the twenties. Uh, I feel uh, number one in the women's. I'll go for like. I reckon it'll just be like some random of this year. I reckon it'll be like Sarah Logan. Okay, interesting. Matt. Um, Becky Lynch. I'm going for Becky. All right, I am gonna go for Ruby Riot. Nice. It's kind of like because she's she's not one of the, the sort of the top four, but she's kind of you know. She's not a non-entity either. So, so, so I'll change mine to Liv Morgan, just for continuity. <laughs> well, so you just have all, all the riot squads in, one, two, and three. Maybe they, do, like, um, they could do the new Nexus thing from, like, what was that, 2011 or where? No, they, they could do the uh, 3MB thing where they have a, like, one in ten chance of winning the Rumble. <laughs> do you know, I do I do miss those old days of, of, of tag teams in the Royal Rumble, like sort of feeling like they had to slavishly stick the one one against all kind of um, theme, you know, when you had like, you know, sort of, I forget which Rumble it was where like you had um, both members of the tag team started fighting and then the third entrant came in, they immediately stopped fighting, even though it made a lot more sense for them to just... You know, probably wait. Yeah, probably Axe and Smash. It was Axe. Yeah, it was Axe and Smash, wasn't it? And then yeah. years later, they did it with the Hardy Boys, as I recall. The Hardy. They did it with the Steiners as well in '94 to a certain degree. Yeah, interesting. You, um, you, you just about, sit there and wait, wouldn't you? What about the uh, now traditional NXT entrance, the Royal Rumble? Um, I've already thought about about this actually. I think I think it will be Velveteen Dream. I'm going to say Pete Dunne. Uh, I'm going with Dream as well. I think Dream makes sense. Um, all right. So linked to that then, NXT first NXT call up of the year. I'm going to counter predict and say Johnny Gargano. Hmm, interesting. Alistair Black. 
Yeah, I mean, that one, that's what makes sense, but I won't say the same one. Um, just... Although technically we, we know that there's like already seven of them about to come up. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not ones that are sort of, not ones they've already announced, obviously. Not in, not in the DLC pack. Exactly. Yeah. And not the, the weird jobbers they've decided to just promote for, for some random reason. Um, new faces, new feuds. Oh my God. I don't need to see any Lacey Evans feuds, I don't think. Um, let me go. I'll go Shayna Baszler. Nice. Um, okay, so uh, let's say um, SummerSlam main event. By main event, I mean last match on the card. See, last year, I remember you asked this last year. We, I think we all said Rollins and Reigns. Well, you two said Rollins and Reigns. I said Cena and Rollins. And Rollins <laughs> and Reigns isn't a bad shout this year, but obviously it all depends on whether he's back. On whether he's back or not, of course. Um, Rollins you know versus what? I'm, Styles. I'm... What was that, Maz? Rollins Styles. Sorry. Yeah, I was Rollins Styles. I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, I think I'll go Rollins and Styles as well. I'm gonna be a bit bold and say it's gonna be Brian and Rollins to unify the belts. Oh, oh, oh! End of the brand extension. Yeah, because there's rumours that they're doing that, so I. I think if they do that, they'd do some unification matches, and maybe that's what you theme SummerSlam around, much like it did Survivor Series 2001. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Um, Very cool. Okay. Um, one person that will be released from their contract with WWE, you can't say nobody. <laughs> Zack Ryder. Uh, Mojo Rawley. Uh, I'll go Curtis Axel. Zack Ryder will be released from his from his contract and he'll go to uh, to wrestle for the Young Bucks and Cody. Well, yeah, yeah, will, he, will he take the internet title with him? And they'll probably push him to the moon and then everyone will realise he's actually a bit crap. I think everyone already realised he was a bit crap some time ago. Um, yeah, I, th- I think WWE might be a little bit careful with their internet darlings right now with that going off. Um, yeah, even I'm, if they don't, like, they, even if they're not doing anything with them. Oh yeah, no, nobody like significant. Like they'd never, they'd never release a Ziggler or a, you know anyone like that because they realise I think that, that, that yes they would be valuable for for a, a sort of a startup like whatever Cody Rhodes has called it. Um, all right. Uh, try to think what, what else could we do for a quick fire. Let's try to do. Well, are we hold, are we holding off on Rumble winners? Oh sorry, yeah, we should do that, shouldn't we? <laughs> that's a good point um, alright men's rumble oh, I don't want to predict how I want to predict if I predict him then I'm worried that it's not going to happen well, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to do what I always do Daniel Bryan uh, <laughs> so I mean okay so we're assuming that he loses his title Bizarrely. match and then enters it maybe he's the one that beats up our truth Bizarrely, Bizarrely, there's less chance of it this that year than there was last year yes fickle <laughs> ignorant that could actually happen. Could... I'm, I'm beginning to convince myself. I'm going to say Daniel Bryan as well, then. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, um... could you imagine the pro- it'd be worth it just for the promo he cuts afterwards? Like how you, oh yeah, when I wasn't in it, you wanted me to win it, and now you don't. That would be uh, that'd be quite something. Matt, you need to stop because you're starting to legitimately convince me that this might happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Triple H. 
Oh no, I just 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 I will it. eat my hands. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, no, okay. I'm going to be serious. Seth Rollins. Sorry, plan if it jinxes it, but Seth Rollins is who I think is yeah. actually going to win the Rumble. I I can't say because I just don't feel like I'm tempted to play too much. It depends. How, it, I guess it depends quite a lot how they want to get there because, as you said, they've got Chamber and Fastlane and stuff. So if it's from the SmackDown side, um, then what, yeah. I guess it would have to be. I mean, it'd probably have to be Styles, assuming that they that, that our scenario of our truth getting beaten up happens. Yeah, so I tell you what, then I'm gonna I'm gonna predict Seth without predicting him. I'm gonna double down on my boldest prediction that, and I'm gonna say Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I was I was thinking I was about to uh, I was about to say that's uh, that's one that you could go with. Can you? Um, interesting, interesting. Um, okay, and then I guess. I guess one uh, one last one. Um, women? Do we not? Oh, women's women's rumble. Do they not count? Of course they do. They put words <laughs> in my mouth, mustn't. <laughs> Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch. Um, Charlotte. Just because. Just because Charlotte wins lol. Um, yeah, we know that. You know, she, was it Charlotte never loses on pay per view or something at one point? Wasn't it like she has sixteen million pay per view wins or some nonsense? Um, okay, and then will the McMahons still be in the authority figure positions on Raw and SmackDown by the end of the year? No. Yes. They might not be on TV, but they will still be, you know, there as the the you know top top dogs. Will there be a will there be a uh, McMahon into family feud. Yeah, one in yeah, every corner. Probably. I was about to say that's that's that's. But with Triple H instead of Linda. I mean, you know, uh, what, what? Can you imagine like Triple H being in the Big Show's corner like Shane was? That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Um, God, imagine if they could actually they could actually sort of just, you know, with their current thing in Saudi Arabia, they'll just do that match again. oh dearie me right i think it's probably time to get out of here before we predict anything else that's too uh too crazy um so do make sure you tune in to the rest of lap radio's shows you can find the listing uh on the same website where you've downloaded this so that should be fairly easy for you um we obviously wish you all a very happy new year and hope you enjoy your weekends and we'll see you next week and until then (laughs) Bye. Bye.